right, I went long yesterday, so I want to be shorter today. It uh, looks like the dollar crunch is on. There's a rush to dollars right now. There's a great thread from the Real Vision founder, uh, Raul, uh, crap, whatever his name is, y'all know who he is, um, talking about the challenge that we face right now in terms of uh, what the oil market means for all of this. Raul Paul, uh, his thread talks about how uh, this is just a massive uh, challenge and he believes that essentially it's going to take absolutely everything that uh, that we've got in order to handle it. He said oil falling to $22 in a couple of weeks is a shock that the global funding markets cannot take. There are simply not enough dollars being generated as the world shuts down. There is no funding mechanism to alleviate it. I think swap lines I don't think swap lines are going to work. There is no way to create the $15 trillion needed offshore and also provide for the dollar shortage onshore in the U.S. This is going to get really, really ugly for emerging markets and global economies and banking systems. The U.S. has its own set of problems post-regulation. Uh, all global regulations post-global financial crisis are going to have to be undone, but I'm not sure we will have time to change. At the end of all this, we need a new system, yada, yada. And he says, the dollar and Bitcoin is all I got right now. He's adding to Bitcoin and he's max long dollars uh, against pretty much every other currency. He says, good luck. And this is not a drill. Max long Bitcoin. Interesting concept. Uh, Bitcoin held up today. Uh, it's forming this uh, pennant, double bottom, uh, Adam and Eve. It's consolidating below the... 200 week moving average. It's the best way to put it. Prepping for a big friggin' move. Whether people take this dollar shortage seriously and decide that Bitcoin is the proper thing because the dollar is going to break, I don't know. What we saw today is the Dixie, the DXY, hit 101.75 uh, before tapering down some. Just a massive spike higher. If you. <laughs> If you consider the differential, it went from 99.89, five and a quarter percent drop down to 94.65, and then from 94.65 today at 101, but at a top of 101.74, a seven and a half percent move up, and people need more dollars. This is what you would define as a big freaking problem. Uh, this is what people warn about when they say a liquidity crunch. Uh, the reserve currency becomes the thing that everybody flees to, uh, even if we're printing our way out of everything possible. In the near term, it, it creates an enormous demand for dollars. We're seeing this play out right in front of our eyes. Um, this demand for dollars continues to put pressure on everything else. It continues to make people who have collateral in other currencies, which are losing value relative to the dollar, uh, continue to be worth less, especially when their own currency is the collateral for their debts and other stuff. Um, combine it with 
the leverage that people have with oil and everything else. I'm not smart enough really to explain every bit of this. It's hard for me to even understand when I read it. I just know that this is quite problematic and it has a lot to do, I'm sure, with the amount of uh, liquidity the Fed is trying to pipe in, the actions that we'll probably see from the G7 countries and all of the stuff going on. Markets hit a limit down today of 7% intraday when it opened back up, eventually recovered uh, by about 3%. Still, we've completed a lower low on the daily time frame relative to December 2018. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average pulled a full retrace Trump as Boeing went under $100 and I don't even know percent retrace, maybe a two-thirds of its value retrace. Boeing will get bailed out, but people are pissed about it. That's uh, starting to be made clear. And uh, some of the social fallout from this, these buybacks are not going to play well. Um, the SPY went to 227.95 at the low, closed at 240. Huge pump at the end. Whether that means anything at all, I don't know. It looks like to me that there's some short-term relief here. Um, unless we just continue to see liquidations uh, where people are selling, having to sell in order to get out of stuff. Oil went to the low $20 today. I don't know where it is right this moment. Uh, I think it was still in the uh, 21, almost 21 range, but it got as low as maybe like 20, 25, something like that on WTI. Close to these predictions of teens, uh, looks like it got all the way up to 2250 as things settled down. I mean, it looks like capitulation, yeah, 2023, and then bounced for uh, a couple hours after that. All it takes, in my mind, for oil to have some recovery is for Saudi Arabia and Russia to say the word. They got to cut production and uh, we'll see something. Considering the United States' leverage over Saudi Arabia, uh, I have to imagine that we are doing absolutely everything on back channels to get them to get it together. And I imagine Russia is the one that's uh, causing some uh, troubles in terms of committing to cut back production or provide any bullish sentiment to allow for a retrace up in oil. All these markets combined causing incredible, incredible problems for markets. Yet, uh, we'll, we still got other stuff happening and, you know, the stock market probably has room to go down, but it's the most oversold correction ever, crash ever at this point. The rate of change faster than 1929 or any other prior recession. See a tweet today saying that White House economic advisor Kudlow may take equity positions in companies as part of aid packages. So, yeah. <laughs> so the, the U.S. is uh, about to start buying stocks in order to bolster these companies as its own form probably of uh, collateral stocks that you 
companies that use their stock as collateral on their loans that are extending those loan mechanisms. Boeing, as an example, uh, has already taken some, something like $13 billion, uh, of a credit line that they have in, t- in order to try and keep their operations intact. So that's what we're seeing. I, I mean, do I really make much of 20 minutes of enormous buying at the end of the session? No. Uh, last time that happened, the other day, we dropped from there in the overnight 11%. So didn't mean much very then. On um, That was between March 13th and 16th. So between Friday, a Friday pump and a Monday dump, uh, 11%, 11% differential. I don't really think that will happen tomorrow. I think we could get some relief here. Uh, in terms of what can I be bullish uh, you know, I've been trying to step in front of this freaking train over and over again. It's been hard, cost me a lot of money, even though my bearish outlook was this retrace Trump concept. It's been so fast that I tried to step in front of it. Obviously, that's been a mistake trying to get long and time to market a little better. I should have been doing it with less size, protecting more capital, all the types of things that you can think in, uh, in hindsight as we prepare to potentially shut down longer than we hope um, than anybody's currently planning for. People are talking about two and three week shutdowns with their schools and their systems and uh, asking restaurants to be closed. At the same time, it seems like all the medical advice is preparing us to know that we might need to do that for months, not weeks. Uh, And we have no sign really that the weather Warming up is going to take care of it. What we need now, in my opinion, is uh, a medical breakthrough in terms of finding widely available medicine that helps ward off symptoms or helps prevent uh, transmission uh, or somehow thwarts this virus effectively. We're taking enormous steps to bypass typical health regulations uh, HIPAA regulations, trial regulations for drugs, and everything else in the world as we prepare for the brunt of the impact of this virus hitting each of uh, the cities in the U.S. as we expect for many of them to be overwhelmed. Whether that has further impacts on the market, I don't know. Um, there are some things that are coming out. Uh, arith, I can't pronounce it. It's a common antibiotic, like a Z-Pak. Uh, <laughs> erythromycin, if I pronounced it right. Um, sorry, I'm not medical. My wife is. Uh, in combination with some other stuff, it's one of the things being rumored to work. There's some papers that I can't really verify sources of, but this is the kind of thing that is the start uh, to breakthroughs is you know, rumor mills, half-published papers, things like that, because people are frantically trying things. And if they see any success over the course of a couple of weeks and they're moving forward, if we get a breakthrough like that, then we can start to see some big relief. If it can kick in at the same time that packages, relief packages start to kick in, uh, then that would be impactful. Our helicopter money that we talked about last time, 
Uh, they're talking about trying to get that distributed sometime in the next month now, perhaps, and seems to be that there's some bipartisan support to do as much as we can as quickly as possible. One thing I see between uh, people in government, people in the health industry, uh, and everyone else seems like there is a joint understanding that we need to do a lot and we need to do it now. Um, the quarterly predictions are dire. Uh, I think it was JP Morgan that just released a quarterly outlook that accounted for something like a 14% drop in Q2. And uh, yeah, let's check this out. JP Morgan forecasts US GDP to shrink 4% in Q1 and to shrink 14% in Q2. To put that in context, the G GDP reduction of the Great Depression at the bottom was 26.7%. So we're talking about 14%. Over half of that, the global GDP decline in the Great Recession, 5.1%, peak global unemployment, 10%. Predictions of 20% unemployment, 14% GDP shrinkage in Q2. How that equates to the year would be less than that 5%, but we're talking about staggering, staggering drops in GDP tend to believe that we will need everything that we can throw at it. This is looking very dangerous, quite grim. Will we get relief immediately? I mean, I hope so. Everybody hopes so. Uh, you know, we need to flatten the curve on the medical side, but we need to flatten the curve on the markets side as well because what happens is as this capitulation continues, as we just continue to uh, elevate her down, it's not even an elevator, it's just a free fall, then you continue to put pressures so that people are liquidating positions um, at surreal values that don't make any sense as the markets can't normalize themselves. Um, yeah. Tesla, three... 61. Fully retraced its breakout up to 960. Honestly, this weekly chart on Tesla is incredible. I <laughs> uh, started second week of December, broke out of this horizontal that I'd been watching forever. Never would have guessed it went to 960. It did. And then uh, today it closed right back on that line. Tesla is, I still think it's overvalued probably has further to go. That could end up being one of the craziest charts I've ever seen. It's already one of the craziest charts I've ever seen. We're seeing stuff like that across the board. doesn't really matter what market. Certainly seeing things being particularly bad for the uh, restaurant industry, service industries, airline industries, cruise industries, of course, retail industries, and one of the things that started to finally kick in 
old Dr. Copper, if you will. Um, XCU dropped 6.5% today. Uh, got down into the range that it was in in 2016 when it was down in the dumps. Copper is one of those metals that you know people say is going to be in big demand in the age of uh, electronics and stuff. It's just needed in everything. A lot of commodities people are long-term very bullish on copper, uh, but it tends to be a predictor of global recession. Of course, it's freaking late in this scenario, but uh, yeah, it's it's down there. And it's the range of lows, around $2 a pound. And uh, the bottom of the global financial crisis, it got down to like 135 something like that. I actually remember that quite clearly from back then. I worked for a manufacturer, and we had a lot of copper in the ground. And after in a in a landfill, and they started sifting through their landfill because it bottomed at one thirty and went as high as four sixty. So uh, three years later, so by the time I was leaving that company after three years, uh, it they were uh, copper had become so valuable relative to where it bottomed that. They want. They were basically uh, filtering through their own landfill to get copper out of it. Uh, yeah. So whether copper gets all the way down there, whether it breaks these 2015, 2016 lows, it'll be interesting. It's certainly lagging in this scenario. Uh, by the time we get the recognition of a lot of this stuff, like we actually see real GDP drop, the will be so long past the predicted drops that maybe it won't matter as much. Maybe we'll already be on the upswing. So a lot of things are working differently this time because the uh, speed that we got this. It's not like we ranged along the top and um, you know slowly realized that the market was finished. The market was just finished and it died. So now some of these things are um, are lagging and we'll have to see how they respond moving forward. All right, I didn't think I was going to talk as much, but I just talk for 18 minutes so i'm gonna shut up i got freaking clobbered today i don't know about you guys but that's why there's tomorrow make sure you survive stay strong talk to you later no more second chances no more excuses in the way let go of expectations